NSTA, the bus stop, is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association and the talk of student transportation community everywhere. Did you know that the podcast has released 142 original episodes, one each week since August 21st, 2019? That's 142 straight weeks of new pupil transportation content. So if you want to reach your target audience in the student transportation realm, there's no better way to do it than NSTA, the bus stop. We have advertising packages that fit any budget and get your message to the ones you want it to reach. Released weekly and supported by our NSTA social media platforms as well. You can find NSTA, the bus stop on Spotify, Buzzsprout, and Apple Podcasts. So if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, please contact Alex Petrillo by telephone at 703-684-3200, extension 702, or by email at apetrillo at yellowbuses.org. Hello, and welcome to NSDA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and with us today is Julius Caesar. He's Director of Recruiting at Cook, Illinois, corporation that's in the chicagoland area it's also a previous guest on the bus stop as well as a contributor on a webinar we did in 2021 and he also presented for us at the annual meeting convention that we held in milwaukee wisconsin so julius welcome back to nsda the bus stop good morning kurt i'm so glad to be back with you again and to the nsda listeners as well as you mentioned, my name is Julius Caesar, and yes, I get a lot of jokes about that, and I am the director <laughs> of recruiting for Cook, Illinois Corporation. My role at Cook, Illinois is to manage the recruitment and retention process of our 18 different locations. I work with the management teams of each location to assess what the goal of their location is to meet their hiring needs. Once we've decided what their needs are, I would then develop a program that assist the location to obtain that goal. Each office submits an applicant tracking report weekly, and from there we can determine the success and failures of the plan that we have developed for them. So there it is. That's my introduction. Yeah, and you know, as we've mentioned throughout, you know, certainly 2021 and now into 2022, you know, driver shortage is still. A major problem. NSTA uh, convened a flash poll a few weeks back, about a month ago. We saw that it's still a major problem. We haven't seen any appreciable uh, change, I guess, with respect to the shortage of drivers. But just curious, since you're on the ground, you deal with this each and every day. What are you seeing, Julius? You know, I, I am seeing things get a little bit better, and I'll, I'll be able to explain to you why. I did a, a analysis of our drivers, the online drivers or the applicants that came into our office in 2019, right before COVID. And in 2019, we had a total of 3,500 people to come into our offices, our 18 offices across the board. That's a lot. But in 2020, when COVID hit, it dropped down to 1,500. And that's sizable decrease. But in 2021, it went up like 400, 400. So now we have, in 2021, we had 1,000, 
I believe, 800 people to come in, which is an increase over 2020. In 2022, it looks like that's increasing over 2021. So I see light at the end of the tunnel. Now, the more they talk about COVID and new strains and things like that, I'm wondering what that light really is. But we have seen an uptick, and I think 500 over a course of a year is is pretty it's noticeable for us. Yeah, and well, that you know that certainly is good news, and I you know take it with a grain of salt, as you mentioned, with new strains of you know COVID you know being talked about around the country. I, I guess the question that most of us would have for you it seems like you know COVID pandemic was a game changer. So, what recruitment strategies have you found most effective? Okay, for us, I see the grassroots programs that we've have uh, had over the years that that works. It works best. In politics during election time is the campaign workers that go door to door on behalf of their candidates. For us, it's our recruiting teams that go out on a daily basis for each location, hitting the pavement in the community, putting out the yard signs, now hiring banners and buses throughout the communities with banners on them. We have recently given pay raises to most of our locations I have seen an uptick, a nice uptick in our online applications since we've instituted those pay raises. And so it's, it's just, again, it's what we've done in the past, like for 2019, we know those strategies and resources work. So we continue doing it while we add on pieces, different little pieces from that point on. So has there been anything in particular, you know, since you last, say, spoke to us in Milwaukee, that the Cook, Illinois team and you have, you know, launched or deployed, you know, in that time that's been a little bit different than what you've done previously? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, there's a few things that we've done. But one thing we needed to do before instituting new programs was to evaluate the old programs. Like I said, in 2019, when we had the 3,500 applicants come in, it was based on our recruiting processes that we had in place. So it was clear to us that what we had in place actually did work. So it was important for us to keep those programs in place. Where we added was having each location. This is one of the things that is new. We had each location established one day every week where they would advertise and promote open houses at their specific location. And it's been successful so far. We've implemented that. Some of our locations has built relationships with local businesses, whereas we have been given permission to hold hiring events and open house on site at their particular businesses. We have enhanced our employee referral program where we offer more money to our employees for referring a person that becomes a driver. We are in the process now of hiring a social media manager to oversee our marketing and advertising on the social media platforms. These are grassroots uh, face-to-face recruiting, and we think that is going to uh, ring dividends for us. But again, all of this is adding on to what we have done in the past. So that's what our new programs look like at this particular moment. 
So I just want to quickly highlight something that you mentioned. And I think it's, it's key is that, you know, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And Absolutely. there may have, right. So there may be things that, you know, you did previously, and it was just a matter of circumstance, that being COVID, that, that caused, you know, these strategies, we'll call them, not to be, you know, as effective. But they're still worthwhile strategies. And as we return to normalcy, fingers crossed, you know, these will still be successful, you know, strategies. But I'm also sure that there are things that you're tweaking and evolving as well. Did I capture yeah. that? You okay. excellent, excellent. You know, it, like like you said, the things that you did that were successful, you keep them. You don't throw them out because you feel like the COVID just nothing works anymore. You keep those things, and we know what's working simply by the tracking reports that come out to us each week. One column in that tracking report asks, how did you hear about us? If they say yard signs, if they say banners, if they say employee referrals, we can monitor all that. If we implemented a, a, a pay at the gas station advertising and we do not see that on the tracking reports over the course of a month, then we know that's not working for us. And so as we make changes going forward, we know we can drop that program because it didn't pay, it, it, we got no return on our investment. Right, exactly. So one thing that you mentioned previously that interests me for sure are the stay interviews you have for current drivers. And I'm curious mm -hmm. because I'm on the radio at times and I'm talking about, you know, the driver shortage and I'm talking about the industry looking to recruit, you know, folks who fit our demographic, fit you know, kind of the model school bus driver, which, you know, I think we'll all concede is not for everyone. And so right, right. I'm interested to see from your perspective, Julius, and what you hear from your drivers, what are the things that attract them? Because it's almost a calling to be a school bus driver, right? Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. So what are the things that call them to do this kind of work that you see? Okay. Well, a lot of them say, well, it's a, it's a change for a lot of people. Um, from our state interviews, we have a lot of people that are there. Actually, they're pursuing full-time employment, but we have a large percentage there that just want to, to, to help the community. They love kids, they love driving, and they love a good atmosphere to work at. And as Cook, Illinois is a family-owned company, we try to give that atmosphere of a family-owned company. So a large percentage of our employees say they enjoy the management team at our companies. They say they enjoy their coworkers and many different perks, I guess, we offer. You have uh, referral bonuses, you have safety bonuses, you have attendance bonuses. Some love the turkey and the, the ham giveaways at Christmas and Thanksgiving. We are family-owned business, so a lot of them enjoy the family-owned touch that they receive while they're working there. Like you said, a lot of them are, a lot of people are not, 90% of the people that come into our company are not from the transportation industry. So it is up to us to provide an atmosphere where they, even though this is not what they've done in the past, they're very comfortable with the environment that we created for them. So that's why they say they stay. 
Yeah, and that's that's really interesting. And as you know, as you personally go through, you know, 2020, 2021 into 2022, personally, what are some lessons you've learned about the the evolution of the industry through this driver shortage? Okay. Well, continue. I, I've learned that we need to continue doing what has worked for us in the past, even though it looks like it's not working. The driver shortage is not because of anything we've done or are doing. We need to keep our focus on building relationships with the community. Employee referrals are the easiest way of recruiting. If you give the applicant a good applicant experience, when they come in, they will refer their family and friends to the company. So it's just the basic, be nice to people, continue being nice to people, regardless of the situation. One thing I want to throw in there, I, I talked about the, the reasons why people stay at our company, how, but I didn't talk about the main reason why they, they leave our company, and I wanted to throw that in there real quick. A main factor that we have seen in drivers leaving has been for full-time employment with medical benefits. Again, like I said, a lot of people come in while they're looking for full-time employment, and when that opportunity comes, they, they leave. By far, that is the number one reason why drivers leave our company, full-time employment. That is something we certainly understand, and we leave the door open for them to come back if things do not work out at their new job opportunity. Pay increases are another reason for them to leave. And based on that information over the past year, we have increased the pay of almost all of our locations. So we heard them and we have responded where we could. When we conduct our stay interviews this year, I do not believe we will have many asking for more money because we've just given it to them. 401k is another request from employees but it's not to the point that they would leave to go to another company because of the 401k. But those are the reasons that we see them leaving. Does it sound like it makes sense? Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about drivers leaving and then going to either work for another, you know, potentially school bus company or, or some other, you know, CDL licensed position, which brings us to you know, the NSTA world. And what we're trying to do, and we think this will help, is try to attract more candidates into the driver pool. So those folks who don't already have a, an existing CDL, we've got to get more of those folks into the system. That's ultimately what's going to alleviate the driver shortage. So we've been working on a number of different avenues that align the CDL process more with the actual responsibilities of the school bus driver. And I'd love to know from your perspective, Julius, how much you think that effort will be important in terms of attracting more non-CDL folks, you know, into the process of becoming a school bus driver? You know, I don't know how much that effect that would have because like I said, 90% of the people do not know anything about the school bus or transportation division. They don't know the particular details of the training. They don't know anything about it. So their decision to join is not going to be based on something that's in our recruiting material or it's, it's not going to be anything there. They don't know. What they don't know is that they don't know certain things. So say, for instance, the CEO, how can we 
NFTA is working to to align the CDL process with the responsibilities of the drivers, those new people do not even know what it all entails. What we do, though, is we will put on all of our recruiting material that we will train you to get your CDL. And that's the, I think that's the best thing for us is to just let them know we'll train you. I go into the recruiting classes, I go into the CDL classes, and I introduce myself and I ask, how many of you are familiar with this industry? All of them raise their hand, they're not. So they, they just waiting on us to give them what they need. And I believe if we train them under the hood, they're not gonna have a problem because they've been trained. So I, I really don't know, it's up in the air for me. I just think that it's just on us to let them know as they come in what the expectations are. And at that point, if they cannot meet those expectations, then that's when we see them leaving. But I don't think it's any one particular thing. So let me play devil's advocate for a second. Okay. Because if you got to go through driver training that teaches you, for example, coupling, or, or other things that are not specific to driving a school bus. Do you have candidates who come in who say, oh, what, you know, am I going to be doing this? And it's something that they're actually not going to be doing driving a school bus, but they, you have to train them to take the test mm-hmm. in order to pass the CDL test in something that they're not going to be utilizing as a school bus driver specifically. Well, I think for us, the pre the pre check is the only really hands on that they may do, and that's just a, a visual inspection where they're not doing anything per se. They're not fixing anything. They're not becoming junior mechanics, right. anything like that. They just looking. And you know? I think if as things go along, they start requiring uh, drivers to do those types of maintenances, I can see some leaving for sure saying, well, that's not, I just want to drive, you know, but we have to implement in them that in driving, safety is the number one. And if your vehicle is not safe, you shouldn't drive it. So they have to be able to know that the vehicle that they have is a safe bus, but as far as doing maintenance on it, they should not have to. And I can see how that could deter them from wanting to be a driver. Yeah, and that's kind of the nexus of the, uh, well, yeah, it's kind of the nexus of the under the hood waiver that NSTA got from the FMCSA is that they would have to identify engine components to to the extent that, uh, as you mentioned, they're not going to repair them. So, you know, visual inspection is one thing, but then, you know, actually requiring folks to lift the hood and go under the hood who might not be in a demographic where even lifting the hood is you know, something that they can easily do and certainly identifying, you know, en- engine components when they're not going to be asked to to necessarily repair the vehicle. You know, we see, you know, as, as an impediment, you know, mm-hmm. to, to getting that license. Um, I, I, can, I can see that as well, without a doubt, because we have some, some, some applicants are very fragile or very small in size, and that hood is heavy. <laughs> that right. hood is heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that could be a problem for them. So I could see that. Yep. But I know Illinois okay. is not one of those uh, states that 
that is going to to comply with that or adopt the way Illinois, that, yeah. exactly that's Illinois. well but hold your hold your breath on that julius because there may be a, a remedy down the road to uh okay. to make states okay. do that one, one final question for you is you know we, we know that there is this ability you know to recruit and retain drivers you know within the school bus industry you know as you go along is there any one thing that stands out to you that says hmm you know, if you're going to put your focus in, and attention into something, make it this, you know, from your experience. Is there one thing that comes comes to mind quickly? Yes, I would work. I, I would have to go back to my introduction where I said I work with the management teams of each location to assess what the goal of that location is to meet their hiring needs. Once we've decided what their needs are, I would then develop a program that assists the locations to obtain these goals. Our recruiting team plays a very important role in our recruiting initiatives. I would say focus on your recruiting teams and stay encouraged that things will get better. We focus on the past two years. It can be frustrating and depressing. Stay positive and encourage your teams. But if I would say that one thing is, is to develop a recruiting plan for your location and monitor it on a weekly basis to see that it is being effective. That's really interesting. So it's, it's in essence, like continue, you know, plan your work and work your plan is what you're saying. And that exactly. we can no longer as an in industry be on autopilot. Exactly. You got to work it. You got to look at it. You have to see a lot of times, uh, people I have seen, they will put so much money into a particular program and won't even monitor the program. And when another company comes and says they want to do this, then they do that. And then they'll do something else without even monitoring the first thing to see if it's successful or not. You know, so we have to, whatever plan we have, we have to know and recognize that that is a plan that we put in place to be successful. And if we're not monitoring it, then we do not even know if it's successful. We're just pouring money into other programs, not knowing that we have success going on at point A. So, yes, uh, work your plan. Make it happen. All right. Well, always great conversation. Once again, our guest at NSDA, the bus stop, Julius Caesar. He is director of recruiting at the Cook, Illinois Corporation in the Chicagoland area. Hey, Julius, like I said, a lot of great information you always our great guest at NSC at the bus sir. stop. I wish you well. I wish you well. You. And and listen, we'll have to we'll have to have you on, you know, later in the year and uh, see how mm -hmm. things are transpiring. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me.